I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We would like to acknowledge the Shumash, Keech, and Tongva people, the traditional custodians of the land that this podcast is being recorded on, and pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. I'm pumped today. Oh, good. I'm totally pumped. You could be pumped for both of us. You're not pumped today? No, no, I'm just, I am, I am, but I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on your, my, my the, pump, my your pump. bandwagon. How often do you wake up pumped as opposed to wake up with a vague sense of dread and despair? Um, I used to wake up like flying out of bed and then. Pumped I, to the max. Yeah, just that. the yeah. max. And. Uh, yeah, that's funny because I, uh, I, I had a big phase of waking up alarmed. I mean, I told you the story, but I haven't told you the beautiful baby listeners, <laughs> um, that when I was living with my older kids, dad, David in New York on Washington square park, I would like slide into the kitchen. He would be having a coffee and I would say, is everything okay or something like that? And he was like, can we just wake up one morning like it's not like Anne Frank's apartment and like everything is okay? Um, but now I wake up, I'm I sort of like, I, I'm one of those people that I probably get into a deep sleep around five in the morning, five in the morning. Like I sleep, I go to bed at night, but I think the nice sleep, I finally get it in the early morning. So you're a day sleeper. You're probably built for night shifts. But I'm not I'm not a whole day sleeper, just the morning. And I've heard this that some women are like this. So in the mornings now, it's kind of more a cozy meditative space. So I kind of roll out into this sort of more like a a little groundhog or whatever. I've got a little bit of like the cozy morning vibes. So not pumped. You wouldn't say pumped. Not pumped. And yeah, you're right. amazing though, Ben. No, but I wonder if because I do wake up a little pumped. I wonder if it gives you permission to just stay super cocooned. Like if I was a more depressive type and was like rolling out of bed very lethargically, would you raise the energy level for both of us? God, I don't know. I mean, I just know that you it's definitely- It's called codependence, baby. Yeah, right. But you do you do make Goldie's breakfast and I'm, I'm like a Mr. Mom in this. I mean, with Kate, my first, I was like very, I was almost single parent. And now I get to enjoy sort of when you're in town, you really- to the mornings, yeah. No pressure, but just I love when you're pumped. I'm 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 often just I'm often confused when you're not. Yeah, I give myself like probably one day every two weeks where I just lie in bed in a total state of exhausted, not despair, but just like cannot summon the spirit and the will and the energy to get out of bed with enthusiasm. Yeah, have a little lion tends to pass. I know, and I'm usually give you a hard time for it. Not really. I mean, I sound horrible, lazy, and and like mean. I like <laughs> lazy and mean. Look, when I was putting my <laughs> list together of the attributes I'd want in a wife, I was like, I'd like 
Like really, <laughs> really beautiful. A little older than me. Definitely with a kid. Lazy and mean. Yeah. It's, it's, work, it's working out. You got out. it. You got <laughs> yeah. it. So, but I'm excited because I'm going to, I'm starting rehearsal today yes. for my shows. I know. And I've got this LA and New York show coming up next week. LA at the Moroccan Lounge on the 17th and New York at Berlin under A on the 19th. And I'm pumped, man. That's why I'm pumped. I got your little brother, my brother-in-law, Jack, who the first time I met, he was like not a newborn, but a toddler. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Asking like, you if he, it was okay if he can turn the no, lights no, on 90, and off. 1996, I met him. He wasn't even oh, talking. Right. He wasn't asking me about it. He could not reach. A light switch was something he would yearn for in the distant I future. Know. He was it, three feet away from we it. We have so. it on tape where Ben is playing a guitar and little baby Jack, who's now an amazing guitar player, is watching you and he's just this cute little baby. And now he's playing bass in my band for these US uh, shows and his and friend the light, Gabe the, is, is his friend Gabe, play drums. Yeah. yeah, and the light switch reference is because uh, when he was like 12, he asked you, can he, or eight, I don't know, if he can turn off or on a light because he viewed you as an adult and you had This is in the middle of the night. And I just looked at him like, why the hell are you asking me this? You if you want to turn the light switch off, turn the light I switch know, off. I know, and you had yet, been like in the role of an adult with a kid who asks you questions you're like i don't know turn true, it on true although i did we did find recently some photos of me with my nephew yeah. tim who's now i mean how how old is he now he's probably is he 30, 30? well well he, i was 10 when he was born so he, yeah. must, he must be 34 almost this story better be going about to get somewhere married. No, no no it was that <laughs> one of the things i liked to do as a teenager was i i was on the second floor of our house and i like to sit with my legs dangling out the window when I was like 13. Yeah. Old. It was so fun. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was like sitting on an open window and my legs outside. And, yeah. And, um, and I, you know, I had this little baby you know, toddler nephew and I was like, this would be so nice to sit together. Oh my God. Out this window with this little baby's legs dangling in and I'll hold him and we'll both enjoy, enjoy the. And my sister uh, saw and she, she was not impressed. There are very few parents that understand what positive impressioning it is to have that kind of quality time with your uncle, legs dangling out a second floor window. <laughs> I know, that's very, blanket. you're the wild uncle. Even we went to a little kid's, um, little Alvy's birthday and there was a bouncy house and you went in with the, and they're little, they're like just turned five, the kids. And you were bouncing around and one kid like immediately hurt himself. And, and then the bouncy <laughs> castle. not my fault. All, I, know, I did see that. Uh, the bouncy house almost fell over. And I was like, Ben, Ben, come on. You're going to be the guy who like knocks it over. I just don't, you know, if I ever get to a point where in life where I, there is a bouncy house and I don't at least have a, take 30 seconds, have a little bounce on it. It brings so much joy to the kids because they see us as, we're like elderly people to them, you know, we're like senior citizens and they think it's hilarious when a grown up gets in a bouncy Aww, house. So, so I just of... never want to be the, the guy that's like too old to do something yeah. like that. I'm, I'm excited about your shows, back to your shows. Me too, yeah, yeah. So I'm pumped. And so, and we went and saw your little brother Jack and his friend Gabe. They played at the Whiskey uh -huh. and they were backing up um, a, a young artist who was really good. Um, I think her name was Nesca Rose. And uh, we were there with your mom. And it was actually the venue where your mom and dad met in 1966. Yeah. Your mom was working the door. I believe, I don't believe the term door bitch was invented at that point, but she is a prototypical door bitch. I mean, she she could handle that. Because your mom is like, you always say she's a little bit like a mafia boss. Yeah. Like she can handle laying down the line who's in, who's out. I just could see her also letting everyone in or I, I can't imagine her being uh, 
you know, at all authoritative. I know that she she does. You're you're right. She's a funny mix of being like angelic and gentle, but also kind of like a, a, a. It's funny to say, like a mobster style. She gets you know what she wants, and she never wants it again. <laughs> um, but so does, was that weird? I didn't realize your mom and dad had met in there though. Is that weird? Like being I, in this- I didn't. I know. I th- I knew that Elmer Valentine, who like co-founded whatever he started, the whiskey, the Roxy, and the Troubadour. I think. No, no. I think it was it was everything on the strip oh, there. The so it was the rainbow. the whiskey. The Roxy, the Roxy and the Rainbow. And the Rainbow. So yeah. anyway, this is I think. one mm-hmm. of the guys who started, you know, and he was, I guess, a friend of my mom's and nice whatever, but he introduced them, but I always pictured it not exactly like in the whiskey. I just thought like she was working for Elmer Valentine. But I know that because Elmer Valentine introduced them, they almost named my brother Valentine. Ah, but right. they didn't. And the rest is history. But your mum still, she saw. I asked her what was her favorite show. She saw at the whiskey, and she was like, "Um, The Doors, Hendrix, uh, you know." And then she was like, "Um, oh, Buffalo Springfield. Buffalo mm, Springfield was her yeah. favorite." Yeah, was that was um, Jimmy Hen? I mean, Jimmy Hendrix was guitar the, player. No, shush. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Morrison, the famous like getting arrested. I always pictured that in a bigger venue. I think that was in Florida. Okay, and I think that was in LA. I think you you, you would have whiskey, to do a lot to get arrested on stage in LA. The whiskey is tiny. Yeah, it's crazy how small it is. Yeah, and it is amazing to think all those all those artists started there. Mm-hmm. And what else? We've had a very social little period we caught up with jenna malone who's mm-hmm. an old friend who was in you directed people can actually people should find this out maybe i'll put a link in the, yeah, the yeah, show yeah. notes um you directed and i produced a short film based on the dan Klaus. it was called ice haven but one little section of it uh, david goldberg yeah and jenna was in it that yeah was years ago when film. goldie was one maybe right? yeah 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 and uh daniel Klaus is uh you know ghost world yeah, that's so right. Good. That's right. But, so um, good. Beautiful short. Ice, Ice Haven, right? Ice Haven was the whole yeah, the anthology. That's great. Yeah. If you ever want to read a graphic novel. Yeah, and, and I'll put the link to watch Ioni's short film um, below in the, the part info because it's uh, it's it's super cool. And Petra, it is you good. use Petra Hayden's music. Yeah. That's really good. And you got that, that little kid who plays David Goldberg, was so amazing. I know. It was really, it was like three kids. It's really funny directing kids. Uh, remember the kid who wanted to, uh, he had to, he, he, someone gives him a book on L- Loeb and Leopold and Leopold Loeb. and Loeb and he's reading it and he's supposed to be kind of like ner- scared of it because it's about, you know, murderers. And he, he was really into acting. He was like shaking his hands while he was like, is this good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, It was yeah. like really over that the top. That was so sweet. And I know I he like, was like shaking. And, and then, then I was like, yeah, I like it. And then he was like, should I shake the book? Should I? And you were like, yeah, you can maybe a little less shaking of the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we filmed that in Kate's bedroom at her dad's. Yeah, it's really hard with kids. I've been thinking about how I that little video that Goldie was in that Shamir directed, I feel like I traumatized her for future performances. Yeah, but was... she wanted to. <laughs> She was That's sort true. of flirting with acting, and it's like this is what it is. Yeah, exactly. I was a bit, I was a bit tough. I was trying not to be a dad. I was like, come on, just because she was like, she's like, how do I do it? And I was like, come on, you want to do it? Just deliver, do the performance. You know how to perform. It's like playing. I right? know when I when I've directed, I remember directing my brother in Bed Bath and Beyond, which is so great. And I wish I, there is a copy out there, but hmm, so good. But uh, my brother, I was just brutal because he was like a family member. So I was like, just do it again, but better. 
And he was like, your your style of directing is very... It's pretty tough. Pretty rough. Pretty tough. But Jenna, um, I first met Jenna, we were reminiscing when it would have been about... I'm trying to remember, I must have been about 20, 21 or 22. And I think she was 16 and I was over at our friend Sam Spiegel's little studio he was renting. It was in the hills. And then this... It was like a Vinnie Del Pino from the Doogie Hauser, you know, the best friend. She comes and climbs in the window in this, like, cute, tomboyish, little, you know, Jenna's such a, like, big personality. Sam was playing me a song made up of samples of farts, the whole thing, a very elaborate beat. Uh-huh. And um, and Jenna came in, and that's That's, that's my, adorable. Yeah, that's Jenna my Malone. Yeah, so there you go. There's and, our name drop roundup. Oh, we, but, got some more, we got some more to come this year, okay. baby. Okay, but yeah, go. she's so... Great. And um, Kate, my 20-year-old, is, you know, she loved her from The Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Everyone's got their, I guess, movie they love people from. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice. She was good. Anyway, yeah. let's go. More name dropping. More, okay, well, no. I'm just going to run through some. We've had some real, there's been some, like, a very dynamic social highlights over the last weekend. So on Friday night, we, look, we had a vision. Oh, yeah. We had a vision. Yes. And I, is this our new thing? We're going to have... Um, dinner parties that have like a sort of theme i don't know i don't i am reluctant to commit to any formats yeah just yeah. like the podcast i think let it evolve let it all evolve yeah, of course but so we're old friends with um a woman named lisa shannon who our kids went to preschool together and she's an ep of real housewives and we had never back then we'd never even watched it so we didn't i, I did not appreciate the cultural phenomena that she was on the front lines of. And the last couple of years, as we've gotten into it, I've been more like, oh my God, Lisa, I've got uh, I've got so many questions. Yeah. And we mentioned it to a couple of other friends. We were going to see them and have dinner. And they were like, we're coming too. We're coming too. So we ended up putting this little dinner that was almost like our own private BravoCon. Yes. Where we got an executive producer of Real Housewives and we got to grill her for a couple hours and just ply her with alcohol in an attempt to in an attempt to get her to um, escape the tight claws of her NDA and give us any and she didn't she was very good and very professional but it was so so fun it was really funny when she first came in and then someone sort of pulled her aside and started asking Lauren questions Lauren Lapkus just and straight we into like, it about Jen Shaw like, I was like ah ah ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like, save it for the table save it for the table <laughs> we all need to cuz it was on the day, we had it, on, and we, I'm not going to go on about Real Housewives too long, but we had this dinner on Friday, which was the night that Jen Shah got sentenced from uh, Real Housewives of right. Salt Lake City. Yep. And Lisa Rinna revealed that she was, you know, leaving the show. Yeah. So anyway, it was totally amazing, and we had... Um, also, there was a funny chess-playing component. That's so right. Well, very... Mike Castle, Lauren's husband, he's an incredible chess and player. And Lisa, her... 13-year-old adorable boy Lika. and we have a 13-year-old adorable girl and but he plays I'm sensing chess. a shidduch a shidduch but um so we had a highbrow lowbrow the chess was happening and real housewives grilling yeah super super fun and there was so it was actually super interesting in the sense of it's much less i think the amount of cynicism that we have about reality tv now like i basically assume that all drama and conflict is sort of created artificially yeah um but not the case yeah because the when they the do the um what's it called when they reunions the reunions they want it to feel real and it is yeah well you can exactly once you put uh 
once you put the people on the show in a reunion and they have to defend their actions and things they've said six months ago and real tears are being shed, you know that that's not a contrived and situation. she's sort of the um the the voice in Andy Cohen's. I know that's like when he's asking producers in the reunions for that's who it is. It's yeah, Lisa that's Shannon, so. amazing. I mean, talk about she she delivered as someone walking into something blind, getting grilled by us, Ezra Woods, Daphne Javich, Lauren Lapkus, Mike Castle. There was she answered every question as best she could. Yeah, and she just you know. It and was, it was nice to see her. And then we, yeah, and then we preschool friends, preschool homies, and then we went on a big Fred again deep dive, which um, I've been turning everyone onto since oh, Sebastian yes. turned yes. me onto. Yes, yes. I just everyone seems to know Fred again, but I didn't, and I'm just loving. So if for the people who don't, yeah. So he's he's the guy who helps Brian Eno with all his synth stuff. He oh, works for him now. Yeah. Wait, or, I, why did I? You not? didn't know that? that's how I got introduced to him. That oh, Sebastian okay. was like, this guy does all Eno's synth stuff now, but he does all this live. It's like electronic music and DJing, but it's he plays it live with yeah. samples. So, oh man, I'm going to put a link to that also. In yes, the, uh, I'll yes. put a link to that in the bottom because it, it is so. Um, and yeah, we got everyone. Electric. It's funny because it was making all these people who wouldn't go to a club where he would DJ like that. You know, now at our age or whatever, and everyone we've showed it to, like, I want to go out and go be there. I know, live. and we started following him on Instagram, and in his stories, he's been hanging out in London with, I guess, collaborating with Skrillex and Kieran from Fortet, and every night they're like in the afternoon going. Should we DJ? Should we do a gig tonight? And then they find a venue, they announce it, and they do these sick, amazing shows. So Is I've just been super Engli inspired. He's English or Amer He's English. He's English. Yeah, yeah. He's English. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been that's been fun following. But that's been super, yeah, super amazing. So I think the night ended with us all watching Fred again videos. And that's and why you've been playing a lot of like Aphex Twin. What are they called? Yeah, I don't know. Just I, I don't know if it's the because I've been DJing, but it's definitely reignited my love of electronic music and yeah. dance music. Don't you love going back to genres of things? Or gerangers, as, as my yeah. stepdaughter pronounced Gerangis them when she was eight of years things. old. I remember that day when I played her a song and she said, what gerange is this? And you looked at her and said, have you never said the word genre before? And there you go. She hadn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and now she said it so many times. Together we're we'll here, we're we'll together. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Have you ever gone back to something and it, it just didn't hit the way it used to? I'm sure. I, well, with music, it's weird because I trust that if I had an experience with it at a certain point, there's something in it, even if it doesn't connect with me in the same way. Yeah. Particularly things that I think I really discovered like production on records more in my late teens and 20s. So before that, I was very unfussy about production. Yeah. So when I listen to stuff I love, then sometimes now I'm a bit like, oh, the production's a bit... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but remember that Pete Holmes joke about like, you love every movie when you're a kid. Right. Just every movie, you just love it. And yeah. then the day you have sex, you become like hypercritical of films. You're like, I don't know. I just don't like the cinematography on this. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think when I got critical. Yeah, probably, probably when I was a teenager. Yeah. Got, also, what? I turned on Crosby, Stills, and Nash when I was 16. Like, I, and boy, have I come back but yeah you know, you're, you're going through a resurgence with them i've you? just never not 
But uh, but yeah, like when I was a little kid, I loved all, you know, hippie music, whatever. And then I just remember on a road, on in a car ride back from Rosarita Beach, my stepdad and mom were listening to Crawl. And I was like sixteen. And I was like, yuck. I was like punk, more like this hippie shit. Yeah, you were just re- rebelling against your mom and her sensibility, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe. You, you always said it you just found felt it. cringy or so, or like too. Well, maybe it was too. Uh, also, it's sad. A lot of '60s music is weirdly moody. Like I remember my friend Anne Rawlings saying, "Can we?" She liked more like pop, like uplifting music. And I remember I had on some sort of like '60s heavier music, and she was like, "This song is driving me to drink." She also said, "Get that street meat out of my car," oh, which right. was a great yeah, line. Better what a shawarma. Yeah, something I got, and um, she she was a vegetarian, and you know, after a club, I had like a some food you got on in the street. Street meat, <laughs> little street said, meat. Get that street meat out of my car. We, we you also experienced a, a certain type of artistic epiphany this weekend. You are one of the most knowledgeable people about cinema that I know. You've seen everything multiple times. You understand the entire lineage of cinematic thought, yet- From the 30s until now. Yes, yet you had not seen, ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. And it only came up because- our friend Kate Jinx and Brody Lancaster. I have love a, her. It's Jinxies. They have, they have a podcast called See Also in Australia, and they did an episode about it. And I was like, oh, you want to listen to it? They're talking about the stains. And you were like, I've never seen it. Yeah. Well, because it was, again, this sort of weird snobbery. Like I saw, I'd seen pictures. I lumped it in with, uh, there was, I think, a. The Commitments. <laughs> um, there Music was a, a Justine Bateman film or something. Satisfaction. Maybe. I like that movie too, though. Oh, I should. <laughs> it's I not as good as the States. I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think I just thought, oh, this is going to be corny because it's so hard to do a, a movie about bands and, and have the, it, it be good unless it's like, you know, what's the movie about the Dylan, that last tour? Like a documentary. Oh, the Rolling Thunder review. Yeah, yeah that or the yeah, well, Scorsese one. Whatever. Yeah, the last waltz. Yeah, yeah but those I mean, are docos. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. docos. Yeah, like a, a movie, you know, it's hard to do certain things, right? And so I just thought it was corny. And punk rock particularly is, it's so ripe for people to just attach to the aesthetics or the iconography and, and make it just a pure visual thing without capturing the spirit of it. Yeah. But this movie is made, it came out in 1982, Diane Lane, Laura Dern. It's got so members many of the people. Clash in the I band. Mean, it's like a lot of the cast are really good actors that worked. Uh, the lead guy is Ray was, Winston. Yeah, right? he was sexy beast. He's done a ton of stuff. And the story goes that this this movie was almost made. It's almost like a prophecy because it basically. It almost tells the story of Riot Girl, which happened 10 years later in the early 90s, uh, the fashion, the, the sound, the politics of it. And it's it's a campy movie, but it's deeply, it actually deeply has the spirit of like feminism and punk rock. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And Diane Lane, I found out last night we were at a friend's dinner and I was talking to Andrew. Andrew Rannells. Yes. And he had worked with Diane Lane. Oh, really? And what was that? Um, I can't remember, but he was saying she was so cool. And because she presents, she's so beautiful and she looks so sophisticated or just sort of 
put together, but she grew up in New York and her dad was a cab driver. And when she was doing um, that Coppola movie, not The Outsiders, Rumblefish, I think, or or maybe, I can't remember which one, but there were the Soches and the, you know, it was uh, the two sides, like the the Soches were the fancy ones. And then the, I forgot what the other ones were called, but she was like, you think I'm a Soche, right? She said to- Oh, to Andrew. Andrew. And she's like, I grew up the other way. But um, she had just, in, in the Stains movie, she had just come She's off She's like 14, of right? Or 16 15, or something? Yeah, I think yeah. 15. And she had done a little romance. And she played sort of a rich kid in a, a little romance. Have you seen that? It's, I never saw it. It's so cute. It's very good. Um, and that was more of a commercial film, very sweet. And in, in this film, she's, yeah, she's from like a disparate, is that the word, town, like in... Hmm, I don't know, a disparate town? I don't know, I made yeah. that I up. I like it, it sounds right. Maybe it is. Yeah. But the t- in this movie also almost like, I don't think it accidentally is shot really well. But it's one no, of those movies. No, because it's got a super cool aesthetic. Every room they shoot in is really interesting, and the yeah, the just the design set design and, and, yeah. and even the um, exteriors, like everything, it's shot really well. And I mean, but it, it, it's it, and two women put it together, and they. But and it has so many flaws in logic that that's sort of I think what keeps it from it's what keeps it in the cult movie thing because yes. it's just like. It does those types of leaps that where you're trying to explain how things happen really, really quickly. Well, it's like a it's, fa- like- it's funny because it's so it's so realistic in so many ways, but the the logic of how this band gets to fi- high, rises to fame and just the you know there's a yeah it's very it's almost like a someone's fantasy of how it would happen to you totally like totally. oh you need a new opening band I'm here like. That kind of thing. But then there's some sort of almost uh, Altman-y scenes, Robert Altman, where a character will just start monologuing. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's funny how like the the actual plot, they give so little time to how these events unfold, but there are these long speeches and conversations that are quite... All the extras, the amount of time put into styling them in the clothes and i mean it's like the thought the detail is so amazing but yes the feminism definitely people should see that ladies and gentlemen the fabulous stains if they haven't seen it and also check out see also that podcast that kate jinx and brady lancaster do see also as in s-e-e yeah as in like as like an addendum like notes see also this and that yes and also this is not much of a a story because i'm not gonna it's not my story to repeat but just speaking of Andrew Reynolds, he told an amazing story last night that I guess is in a book that's coming out about an extra, an uh, incident he had with Sienna Miller at a dinner party that was so good that's made me excited to read his book when it comes out. Yeah, that's I was a, excited to was. sit <laughs> next to him at dinner because uh, I've seen him, but I always felt a little... He's such a good singer. Starstruck, yeah, by his singing and... He did that great... In Chippendales, he does the... what, what song He did sing a Sondheim song. It was so beautiful. From maybe Merrily We Roll. I don't know which Sondheim I should... Anyway. I should like know, that, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I should know. Oh, is that you doing Sondheim? <laughs> That's great. That's beautiful. Your favorite... What was your song, Old Friends, you love? Growing Up. Oh, Growing which Up. Which was sort of... I got confused between... Yeah, Merrily We Roll Along. I just I I love that. So good. We it, saw it. We yeah, we saw it at the... I was in LA. a few years back at the um, Amundsen or something. Did John right? Cryer have something to do with it? Or it's just I did a play reading at the Amundsen with John, for John Cryer. I don't think he, I think he had done it before, Merrily We Roll Along, but not 
No, not this. Yeah, it's you raining. You might hear the rain. It is raining. And we got our roof all patched up recently, and I'm feeling dry as a bone. Yep. That's a nice feeling. It's, a, it's an awful feeling when your house is leaking. So, as I said, I'm playing next Tuesday and Thursday night in LA on the 17th, in New York on the 19th. Buy tickets. I'll put a link in you the can show buy them notes. on Ticketmaster. I apparently, hear. apparently, you can't buy Taylor Swift, but you can buy my tickets. And I thought we would end with, you know, I know there's been a lot of attention on DJ Dad Bod lately. You know, my alter ego and the mashups I've been posting. Oh, by the way, shout out to Mike Castle for recommending. He gave me the idea for the Bluey, yeah, mashup, and that people loved it. It's had like well over a hundred thousand views now. It's like, and so, you know, that's people come at me with good ideas guys. But anyway, you know, DJ dad bot has been sucking up a lot of the, uh, the mashup bandwidth in the house. And, but there is a mashup that, uh, DJ mom bod did when I showed her. Oh the, my uh, God. <laughs> I only was like, Are I you want to play that. One. Can I play it please? Psychotic. All it's right. psychotic, but it is amazing. So I only asked me to show her how to use the, um, mashup, you know, the DJ software, and she did her own little mashup. So uh, why didn't you introduce it? This is my psycho uh, mashup, Sammy Davis Jr. singing Candyman and Sylvester singing uh, You Make Me Feel. We love you. Beautiful babies. Who can make a Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.